0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.
1: Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 148 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too that just so happen to be married to each other. So this week, oh, we got the best guess. It's us. <laughs> um, no, really though. This is a very timely conversation for both me and for you. It's a conversation about the reasons internet platforms censor anything, even remotely sexual, educational, or otherwise. Now, this is personally timely for me because guess what happened this week? My Stripe account, which is a payment processor, got shut down. You know what the reason they gave me? Because my website, SunnyMegatron.com, is considered porn. Mind you, there is not one naked body on my website, there is nothing on my website that is meant to titillate or to be salacious, there is no erotica, there is no thirst trap content, there is nothing. It is all educational. It's also my professional hub that highlights the classes I teach, my TV shows, my podcasts. Every photo of me is in G rated clothing. It's the same clothing I would wear if I were a school teacher and not a school teacher in some hokey porn like a real school teacher. But, you know, my website, it's considered porn. Not just by Stripe, by pretty much the whole internet. It's blocked from libraries. It's blocked from many workplace networks and computers. It's blocked from public networks, including airports and even hotels, which makes when I'm traveling, this is pre-COVID, but I traveled a lot for speaking engagements and to teach classes, and almost all of my travel was exclusively for work purposes. So I'm in airports, I'm in hotels trying to work, and I can't pull up my own damn website. It is a real problem. I'm self-employed, and that's just one other way of many that I'm restricted because of what I teach. So now that we're all in quarantine, you know, we're spending the majority of our free time at home. Most of us are using the internet for sexy purposes. And I'm not talking anything hardcore. It could just be going to my website to see what vibrators on sale for Black Friday. I mean, seriously. But more of us than ever before are actually making our living with sexy things on the internet. I mean, so many people have lost their jobs, right? Look at OnlyFans. It is booming. It seems like everyone I meet, everyone everywhere has an OnlyFans now. Hey, does your grandma have an OnlyFans? Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. And go grandma. But anyway, at the same time that online sex work is going mainstream, and you know, also so many of us are having Zoom orgies and doing all sorts of stuff, Online censorship is at an all-time high. Guess what the latest thing to be banned from adult sites is? Ready? Hold on to your chairs. The word punish or punishment on Pornhub has been banned. And I'm not kidding. Go search the word. Like, go to Pornhub. Not that I really advocate tube sites, but that's a whole other conversation. But if just, you know, for experiment's sake, go plug in punish. The search results are empty. It'll tell you there's nothing. And that is a sign that if Pornhub is doing it, other platforms are eventually going to follow suit. It's similar to what happened to the word torture. If you go search cock and ball torture on any platform, you're not going to get anything. That is why now we use the phrase cock and ball torment, but also Mainstream sites have been tightening their grip too. Instagram has been cracking down, Facebook, MailChimp, TikTok. What it boils down to is its payment processors, Visa, MasterCard, Amex that call the shots on platforms. They run the internet. But why? You know, why do they make the arbitrary decision like they do to eliminate the word punish? from the world's most recognized tube site. So, this conversation, it's going to tell y'all that it's a history lesson of sorts, spanning from the Miller versus California Supreme Court case 1973 that gave us our three-pronged legal definition of obscenity starts there. We go through the child protection and obscenity enforcement act of 1988, you know, and why that affects everybody on OnlyFans or any other clip site. And we go through the dawning of internet porn under both the Clinton and George W. Bush administrations and why the stark differences in how each administration handled obscenity and online porn affects us all directly right now in 2020. There it's like, this is a rabbit hole. Just wait till you get into this. We also get into how all of us as users of the internet for grown up things in one way, shape or form. And I know that includes literally all of you because you listening to this podcast right now, which is legally obligated to be listed on all platforms as explicit, which makes us really easy to censor, you know, how can we all get around these regulations, these obstacles, and this censorship? In this conversation, we briefly glossed over SESTA-FOSTA And I want to just touch on it right now so you have a little bit of background. Episode 36 of American Sex Podcast explains SESTA-FOSTA very thoroughly. I suggest if you really want to know, go back and, and listen to that. But in a nutshell, in case it's not clear from the conversation, SESTA and FOSTA were acts that were passed in 2018 to fight online sex trafficking, which is great. None of us should like sex trafficking, but the way the laws were written were absolutely terrible. Law enforcement has even said that these bills have made catching sex traffickers much more difficult than they were before they were passed. Now, in essence, these bills make owners of Internet sites directly liable for what People use their platforms for. And when I say directly liable, I don't mean, oh, the corporation's going to get a fine. I mean, real actual people from that corporation running that corporation are going to prison. Okay. And that can happen if anybody, any of your users use your platform to facilitate sex trafficking. That means any Joe Schmo who sends a Facebook message to somebody about sex trafficking can lead to like Zuck being thrown in prison. Not even kidding. So this is why in 2018, all of these platforms revised their terms of service. This is why Craigslist closed its personal sections. It even went as far as websites for massage services being shut down, you know, like licensed massage therapist because sometimes people who sold sex, even if it was consensually, even if it's not trafficked, would use these websites. So that devastated the licensed massage therapist community. They could no longer advertise for their services. And if you look into any of this stuff, you know, in the eyes of the law, those eyes don't really differentiate consensual sex work from sex trafficking. So in a long story short way, that's why SESTA-FOSTA was so impactful. But I really suggest going to give episode 36 a listen if you're interested in the nitty gritty. But keep in mind that censorship on the internet, the way it is right now, is not because of SESTA-FOSTA. Yes, SESTA-FOSTA did not help. It accelerated the censorship. It made the censorship maybe a little bit different. And all around, it's a really fucked up bill that did more harm than good. But as you'll learn in the conversation portion of this episode, things were really fucked way before SESTA-FOSTA. Also, one heads up about this conversation. It was originally recorded in late April of 2020. So you'll hear that we don't sound like we're in the studio as we usually are. And there's some light editing toward the end where we removed questions that were asked by audience members. With all that, let's wash our balls so we can get to all of this nonsense. Seriously, you're just going to fall off your chair when you see how all this comes together. Anyway, first thing I want to tell you. I was nominated for XBiz Sexpert of the Year. I am so excited. XBiz is a huge adult and pleasure product trade organization, and their yearly awards are a super big deal. The ceremony is in January, and it's online, by the way. I don't have to go anywhere. Um, But the People's Choice voting is happening right now, and I would love it if you can give me a vote. You can go over to Direct dot me, M-E, slash Sunny Megatron, and hit the first link. It'll take you to the voting page, find my face, click on it, that's it. You don't have to register. You don't have to do anything fancy. It's really straightforward. There's a slight chance it might make you do like a CAPTCHA thing to make sure you're not a robot, but that's it. I would love if you could give me a vote. Thank you. All right. Secondly, we would love for you to join our sex and kink positive discord community. Have you yet? Why not? Come on. It's at bit.ly slash discord ASP. We talk about sex, kink, mental health, off topic stuff. We're friendly. It's a thriving community and we'd love for you to be a part of it. By the way, all the links that I'm giving right now or that I talk about later on in the episode will be in the show notes for episode 148 at americansexpodcast.com. Now, thirdly, I wanna tell you a couple of things because uh, holiday shopping is in full gear. It has started and that means I got the line in on the sales for the grown-up naughty stuff for you and you wanna hear about this. Visit the show notes for this episode or visit the discount section at my link, which is direct.me slash Sunny Megatron. And you'll have access to all of my discount codes, all of my discount links. And I want to highlight one of my favorites for you because I freaking love it. If you're a Kingster, which I know a lot of you are, grab my link and code for 15% off at stockroom.com. They have so much, so much stuff from you know, vibrators and things that are suitable for folks that consider themselves more vanilla to, you know, ball crushers and all sorts of things. One of my favorite sexy gifts from Stockroom for couples is the neon wand. So the Kink Lab Agent Noir kit has a neon wand, bunch of glass electrode accessories, a power tripper body contact attachment, it deluxe extra attachments like an electrified flogger, electrified Wartenberg pinwheels. It is more than just a wand starter set. It is the whole shebang, like all the deluxe optional attachments that you're going to want anyway. If you were to buy a basic set, I would tell you, Oh, but you know, add on the uh, power tripper and add on the flogger and th-. it comes with it all. You don't have to add anything on. It has everything you need. Plus right now it's 40% off. Seriously. Don't know how long it's going to last. Get your butt over there. And Stockroom is having a kick-ass Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale right now, up to 60% off some really awesome stuff. Also in the link in the show notes or on my direct me link, I have links to discounts to places like Love Honey, Early to Bed, She Vibe, and more. And and I want to be clear, these companies aren't sponsors of the podcast, they're affiliates. So what that means is anytime you use my referral link You don't pay extra. In fact, most of the time, you get some sort of sweet discount, but I also earn a small commission. Affiliate sales are one of the ways that Ken and I get paid indirectly for the content that we provide to the world for free. And... Those discount links and codes that I have aren't just for the holidays. You can use them year round to buy that sexy, grown up, vibrating, fun stuff that you're going to buy anyway. But when you do it through our links, you get to support American Sex podcast too. And likewise, you know, please patronize our podcast sponsors. When you hear our ads and commercials, the more you support them, the more they renew and want to keep sponsoring with us. And we all win. All right. Last thing. One more thing. I have a feeling you're a geek. You're into tabletop role playing games. You know, D and D, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, right? make sure you tune in to Ken's Twitch channel. Actually, most nights of the week, he's running a game. I'm going to be playing Pathfinder 2.0 with Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson from Poly Role Models, and Nisha on Tuesday nights. And running online games is one of Ken's new side gigs, and he really loves it. So please check him out at twitch.tv slash ThunderpantsRPG. Okay, American fuckers. These balls are now clean. We got all our housekeeping out of the way. Get ready as I take you through the history of censorship of sexually explicit content in the U.S. and reveal how all this obscure legal shit going back 50 years is directly affecting you right now. Okay, Zoom, if you haven't seen... There was an article that came out going, Zoom is really pissed off because everyone's using the Zoom platform that's supposed to be for online meetings. They're using it for orgies. And we're all like, hell yeah. Um, And Zoom is like, no, we can't have that. So people are really pissed off. Like, what do you mean? Zoom is cracking down. We can't have orgies on Zoom. We can't have like, you know, Skype sex dates with our partners who live far away. Like, why are all these platforms shutting us down? What prudes? Uh, First of all, thing we're going to talk about the first section tonight is it goes a lot deeper than these people that run these platforms are just prudes why don't they just let us and it's important to know the reason behind that and kind of the whole big picture and how how all the inner workings work together to then figure out how to get around it and that's going to be the second part of the evening is we're all going to share our tips and tricks of like okay, I've been on this platform or that, you know, here's a good tip to find an orgy place here or there or whatnot. So I want to start out saying I'm not an expert on this stuff. I just know from like being in the industry, I know a lot of this stuff. Of course, if I don't access information in my brain, I lose it. So this afternoon I had to go re-research the shit. I knew that I knew once upon a time, but forgot. Um, So if anyone in the comments is like, Oh, I work behind the scenes in the you know on adult platforms or whatever that can, you know, talk to some of the stuff I'm talking about. Please let us know. We'd love to hear. Or your any
0: attorneys, if there's yes. any attorneys or legal people.
1: Yes. All right. When it comes to internet censorship, it's not that Facebook doesn't want boobs or you know, whatever, or Zoom doesn't want orgies because they're just being dicks and they're being prudish. Yes, maybe they are being prudish but there's a whole lot more behind that. There's a lot of these platforms that actually wish they could give us these things, but there are other forces keeping them from doing it. If you know a little bit about the law and sexual freedom and you've been paying attention the last couple of years, you may have heard about the bills SESTA and FOSTA, which is Stop Online Sex Traffickers Act and fight online sex trafficking, or i got it a little wrong, but you know, whatever. It's for stopping sex trafficking online, which is a good thing. But the way they wrote- I want to
0: talk about it for one second. Yeah. So this particular set of bills is a combination of both Democrat and Republican fuck-ups. What had happened was that initially- it was the Hillary Clinton camp that wanted to create these laws because the idea was sound that like nobody likes sex traffickers. That's a bad thing. And then uh, there was a, uh, a rich uh, Hillary Clinton Democrat oil billionaire named Swanee Hunt, who funded the whole thing, along with uh, the popularity of Amy Schumer and Ashton Kutcher. And when they got this passed, what they didn't know was that the person that wrote the law, um, was both the the people that had initiated it, but also some Republicans that didn't have a full understanding of it. And you're going to find out why all of that is important yeah. because they wrote the law too fast. The Senate passed, they went to the House, went to the Senate, it passed. Three people, three senators didn't vote for it. And only three. Rand Paul, because he doesn't vote for anything, just in case, because he wants to be contrary. John McCain, because I think he had brain cancer at the time and he was like off to the side. And then... Um, uh, what is his name? Ron Wyman from uh, the one of the senator, the junior senator from Oregon. Uh-huh. He might be the senior senator. I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, uh, but the the three of those apparently were the only ones that read the bill. So and and you didn't yeah. have Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. None of them
1: did. Yeah, and and not bringing this up to like bash any party or bash any some particular politician, but more to illuminate that obscenity laws and things that are affecting our censorship online is very much a bipartisan issue and caused by bipartisan contributions. That was my point that,
0: that and when there are bills that come up that aren't important to somebody, they have a lack of attention to detail. And that's what happened with everybody here. Right. The majority of the Senate just, you know, they didn't have attention to detail. It was like, Oh, sex trafficking bad and left it at that.
1: Yeah. So, um, If you're like, oh, we have all this internet censorship because of SESTA-FOSTA, not really. Uh, Yes, that didn't help. And that was another nail in the coffin. But the censorship that we've been subject to that we see on social media or even sex sites like FetLife has gone through its own censorship. Erotica on um, Amazon has gone through censorship. Has nothing to do with SESTA FOSTA, it has to do with our history of obscenity laws. So, we want to kind of encapsulate that so you know how we got here. So, um, in 1973, there was a Supreme Court case called Miller versus California, and this guy Miller, Marvin Miller, had some sort of adult business, I'm not sure if it was just movies or maybe it's like yeah some kind of distributor of I don't know if it was items truck or stop, movies like, or yeah
0: you know truck stop dildo store
1: so um he was sending out he had a direct mail campaign where he was mailing out flyers to people like hey come to my you know x-ray shop, and people got pissed and they were like this is obscene how could you be doing this ended up you know he went to court ended up going to the supreme court so the supreme court In this case, they decided what constitutes obscenity. Now, even though this was almost 50 years ago, well before the internet could even have been conceptualized, these are the laws that we're subject to right now when we're on social media sites. So, um, and, and the Supreme Court came to this decision, a five to four decision. So it was like by one vote, What's determined obscene <laughs> happened in 1973? Scalia, <laughs> which is why pay attention to who we're like selecting the Supreme Court because it could affect you know generations from now, might not be able to have an orgy online or like telepathically, because maybe we'll maybe or, we won't even need the internet in 50 years, or right, yeah, exactly. Or Brown. All right, so um, in this supreme court decision, they came up with the Miller test, which is a three pronged test to figure out if something is obscene. All right. So where is I, I have, I made my notes. Because Okay. One, whether the average person applying contemporary community standards would find that the work taken as a whole re uh, appeals to purient interests, meaning like, you know, salacious for sex for the purpose of turning you on. The second criteria to determine whether something is obscene, and by the way, this means obscene things aren't protected by the First Amendment, okay, if they fall under these three categories, Uh, whether the work depicts or describes in a patently offensive way sexual conduct specifically defined by the applicable state law, and three, Whether the work taken as a whole lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value.
0: Wait, so the Catholic Church could qualify under those
1: Exactly. This is so (laughs) subjective, okay? This is the fucking source of the problem. This is why you can't show your nipples on Instagram. This is why Zoom wants to take down your orgies. And we'll get to why. It's not just them being paranoid there's there's a reason i'll i'll weave you through this web of how we got here so that's the first thing that we're dealing with not you know what's obscene isn't protected by first amendment rights second thing we're dealing with is okay so this happened in the 70s early 70s, 1973, and the 70s and 80s. You might have saw the Larry Flint movie. He went to jail for obscenity. And, you know, people here and there involved in the adult industry went to jail for obscenities. And then the 90s came. And under the Clinton administration, they were pretty much like, we're wasting our money fighting this obscenity stuff. We have better things to do with our time and our money, whatever. So the 90s is when the internet came about. So suddenly porn was born online under an administration that didn't really care about obscenity. So that kind of set the precedent for the porn we see on the Internet, the porn we see in general, what we can do on the Internet when it comes to adult stuff. And everything was like, okay, we're cool. And then in 2000, when the Bush administration came in, They were like, well, fuck this shit, nobody's supposed to like tits, but you know, they're the freakiest motherfuckers. The conservatives are the freakiest motherfuckers. Like They're such hypocrites. Anyway, um, so they're doing all the stuff in their bedrooms, but they're not wanting to legally allow it. They developed a task force to go after these people. Now, one of the links that I gave you is a PBS Frontline special from 2002 if you're interested in this stuff and how we got here go watch it it was really interesting they they interviewed people in the porn industry they interviewed larry flint and at this point in time they were like uh-oh porn is great we're making all this money the internet exists now this is the golden age of porn and here comes the bush administration going all oh, y'all motherfuckers are obscene and they're like oh shit! what are we going to do the bush administration which bush administration w oh sorry w w bush okay. little bush to 9 11 bush that bush um
0: the bush yes <laughs> so i actually miss him compared to trump i yeah, hated him at the time i thought he was a tyrant now i'm like
1: oh. <laughs> what we would do for like someone whose vice president couldn't spell potato <laughs> like oh, <my> God. <laughs> Oh, anyway. So harmless. Anyway. So harmless. I know. I know. Anyway. <laughs> so, in that frontline special, they start talking about, they they focus in on, on what was happening in the porn industry right now. How they're all like, oh, shit, we're not a, a protected by First Amendment rights. There's the Miller, you know, test and this and that. There was a lawyer named Paul Cambria who came up with what's called the Cambria List. This is not a legally binding list. It was never involved in any court thing. He was basically an attorney to all the porn producers. And they were like, they all got together like, oh shit, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, let me put on my legal expertise hat and put together a list of sex acts that I think could get you arrested for obscenity. So if you've heard of the Cambria list or you've heard of like, I thought fisting was illegal and not allowed in porn. This is where it came from. And I'm actually going to read to you the Cambria list, and this is going to blow your mind. So the first thing was the box cover guidelines for like the VCR box, the, the movie boxes and DVD covers is you could not or he recommends you do not use any shots that depict unhappiness or pain on box covers. So now the rest of the list is what can be included in movies. And again, this isn't legally binding, but all the big porn producers made a pact to follow this criteria so they could keep their asses out of jail. So uh, no shots with a appearance of pain or degradation. So there goes all your BDSM porn. No facial, body shots are okay if the shot is not nasty. I don't know what that means no bukkake where they come all over your face no spitting or saliva mouth to mouth saliva mouth to mouth that's like french kissing i don't understand no food used as a sex object um no peeing unless in a natural setting like a field or a roadside no coffins very specific no blindfolds no wax dripping Wait, did you just say no coffins no coffins yep Yep, no coffins. This list, it gets but no wax stripping, no two dicks in or near one mouth. Oh no, no that I know. Just there's a lot, lot more to go. No shot of a stretching pussy. No fisting. No squirting. No bondage. No bondage type toys or gear unless very light. No girls sharing the same dildo in the mouth or pussy. But I guess the ass is fine? S As to ass. I don't know. Uh, toys are okay if the shot is not nasty. No two hands from different people fingering the same girl. No male-male penetration. No transsexuals. And this was written in 2001 language. Uh, no bisex, sex which that uh no degrading dialogue like suck this cock bitch while slapping her in the face with a penis again very specific no menstruation like i house. know no Tuesday. menstruation topics no incest topics no forced sex or rape themes no black men <laughs> white women themes okay
0: so in 2001 2001
1: we know right away looking at porn from what is so the- you
0: and me would be okay because I'm not a black man.
1: Well, it, OK, first so of all, this isn't legally bi- yeah, it's interracial, but this isn't legally right. binding. OK, um, and yeah. this is just a general guideline that they all agreed to kind of adhere to. As you can see from this list and as you can see from porn that you watched during that decade, some of these things immediately fell by the wayside like interracial porn is one of the biggest genres well, out there. They, they said no Sex gay toys. porn. Exactly. Gay porn. I mean, come on. However, there were some things... You mean gay porn exists? Yes. There were some <laughs> things that not only the law, but also the industry like clutched to. Obviously not so much the BDSM stuff, but a little bit. I'll get there. Like the fisting. I still hear people say, isn't fisting illegal in porn? And it's like, no, but okay so, so is this, this
0: is this the same reason why they have the stepmother and stepfather incest because they
1: can't uh we'll get there okay yeah yeah we'll get there so it's an evolution it's definitely an evolution um during this decade the bush administration's tax <laughs> task force what are you laughing about oh <laughs> and I, I forget what their they had a name their task force had a name i can't remember what the hell it was uh, whatever. Really do? They, oh, it they, they was they the obscenity. No, 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 they have sex. It was it was the obscenity prosecution task force, which is the OPTS, and uh, they started prosecuting people. Uh, if you remember, Seymour Butts, he had the reality show. Was it Family, Family business? business? Yeah. Uh, Seymour Butts was indicted. Uh, Max Hardcore actually went to prison. John um, he did, but that was later. We're not. We're that's a different decade. Um, lots of people were brought upon obscenity charges in the aughts, and some porn producers went to prison. So that's not good. Um, also, there's something you should know that's gonna be important later, is in 1988, there was an act that was brought about that I think, you know, I think most people would agree is a good one, um, which is the Child Protection and Obscenity Enforcement Act of 1988 if any of you have done any sort of adult performance or modeling or fetish modeling, you might've had to sign a 2257 form. So this 2257 act basically, um, the producers of the porn have to fill out this paper. They have to get your ID. It's basically like proof that you're not a minor and proof that you know what you're getting into. And legally all porn producers have to keep this on file so everything is of age everything is consensual everything is on the also
0: you have to to prove that you're a citizen of the united states okay that's part of like driver's license or passport
1: ah okay so um this is a little interesting because then in the 2000s they start prosecuting people for making illegal obscene porn that was legally okay according to the 2257s that they signed, which things are starting to get a little murky, right? Support for American Sex Podcasts comes from Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Okay, so you know what I love about my husband, Ken? I mean, one of the things, but this is a big one. He keeps his Hanukkah bush nice and trimmed. You know, it's cute festive, but not completely out of control and bouncing in every direction like that one weird uncle that sometimes comes to your holiday celebration. You know the one. So if you've been listening to American Sex Podcast for a while, you know how much Ken loves his manscaped gear. I'm not kidding you. He uses it every day. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 makes the perfect gift for this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. It comes with a revolutionary designed electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0 which has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology so it won't cut those cute little nuts. Also, it's waterproof so you can use it in the shower. And the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, plus the Crop Reviver, which keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package also comes with Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers, Hey, tis the season to manscape. so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, maybe even that one weird uncle, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. And right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. I am constantly striving to improve my diet. Now I'm not talking about restricting what I eat. No, no, no. I'm talking about making sure that I'm getting fresh, nutrient-packed foods. But I'm busy. I I don't always have time to prepare fresh. So what I end up doing is I grab a box of crackers as I walk past the pantry and suddenly that's my dinner. But with Sakara, I can meet my nutrition goals without any of the prep, and it is delicious. The menu of creative chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly so you never get bored. And it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. My Sakara meals are so good. Seriously, it is like having a personal chef that prepares these out-of-this-world meals made from powerful plant-based energy-boosting ingredients. I'm telling you, even if I had the ingredients and the time to prep, there is no way in this universe. I could make food much less nutrient dense, good for you kind of food taste that amazing. Along with delicious, plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the power of plants as medicine with their best-selling metabolism super powder. Made with organic, raw cacao, it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar craving, and reduce fatigue. Right now, Sakara is offering American Sex Podcast listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y, or simply enter the code sunny at checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash sunny to get 20% off your first order. Again, that's sakara.com slash sunny. So then, you may have heard of John Stegliano. In I think 2010, he had uh, BDSM porn. Nothing horrible. Like I know one of the guys who got who went to prison. I think it was Max Hardcore. It was for scat, which is poo poo play. Yeah. Um, and I I want to say John Stegliano's stuff was kind of your run of the mill BDSM. Like it, it was wasn't It
0: something.
1: wasn't anything that any of us here would be think. like. Oh my style. god! Like it wasn't even yeah. severe as King Right. Right. So he didn't end up going to jail. However, there was this long legal battle. He spent like a million dollars fighting it. It was all over the news. Things are getting really ridiculous, okay, at this point. So now I want you to, to keep all of those in your head, like as to, oh, this is the precursor of what's leading up to now all of us having access to social media and essentially becoming our own producers of whatever content we want to put out there, including stuff that might be considered obscene, okay? Um, So this was a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember when, I want to say it was probably three to four years ago. I was doing... Phone sex. It was my side gig. Nobody knows. I'm gonna tell a story about that at Body Storyteller. You're gonna hear more about that. Well, oh, that's what you're talking so, about. So yeah. So I was I was had a side hustle doing like phone domination, and we were also you know in the kinky community and we were on FetLife and stuff. And those of you who were on sites like FetLife might remember all of a sudden they're like blood play not allowed anymore. Um, scat poop play not allowed anymore they had to take everything off of that life um
0: incest play
1: incest yeah now that's why they do the stepmom and they're trying to get around that um i think they cracked down a little bit more on like consensual non-consent and rape play uh you had to stop calling cock and ball torture cock and ball torture a lot of sites still don't let you call it torture you have to call it torment right. um So those things came down and a lot of people were like, what's happening?
0: Um, I want want everybody to think of something really quick. Think about what you have on your personal cell phones right now. And if it would pass these tests. Yeah. So if you have dirty movies of yourself, cock shots, fisting, blood play, anything like that. Um, I know on my phone, anybody, anybody have anything illegal on their phone? I know there's a ton on my phone.
1: I think even like BDSM stuff, Yeah, you know, I mean, if John Stagliano went down for, you know, run of the mill BDSM stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of us probably have that. So, so clowns are safe
0: for now, (laughs) clowns are safe for now.
1: So why did this Uh -uh. happen? It wasn't because these platforms like FetLife suddenly decided to be like, we're going to be prudish. It's all the payment processors. So, Another thing that's layered in here, and if you watch a documentary, you'll see when porn started to get really big on the internet in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, uh, and I vaguely actually remember this, Yahoo, when they were a search <laughs> engine, now uh, Yahoo was going to open their own like adult section of their website, and people thought freaked the fuck out, like all the moral majority groups and the, you know, mommy, you know, moral, ethical, whatever they call What, what I'm wondering,
0: though, is like, why couldn't they do that worldwide? Do what? Like with places that had more progressive policies, like the Netherlands, for example. Like, why couldn't they have Yahoo Netherlands and have? like a section there where they just catering to the United because States.
1: Because it's still, yeah, it's still owned by the United States. They were ha- like the, the people in the U S were having an issue. And also like AT&T was embroiled in this because of streaming services and internet stuff. Some of the, the moral groups and the Christian groups started going what the fuck mainstream companies, you're uh, violating obscenity laws. You, you were sending these dirty pornographers to jail. But now look at at look at Yahoo, look at all these companies that are supporting obscenity and they were getting pissed. So a lot of the mainstream companies back down. This is important to know because now what's driving all of these changes, like those changes we saw in set life and how they on um, Amazon, they had like Bigfoot porn and stuff. And suddenly they're like, you can have it because it's bestiality. And it's like, Bigfoot's not real, um, but they didn't care. I remember when I was doing Night Flirt, there was a woman, her whole uh, phone sex persona was a vampire. And, you know, she talked about sucking your blood and this and that. And then they did the no blood play. And they're like, you can't do this character anymore. And she's like, first of all, vampires aren't real. And secondly, this is over the phone. Like, it's just our imagination doesn't matter. Um, and like, I remember adult baby stuff. You couldn't call yourself a mommy anymore and you cannot call yourself a mommy on night floor. Yeah. Even now it's still, they took a lot of stuff away. The reason being is payment processors. So think about visa, uh, you know, MasterCard and even to a lesser extent, you know, we look at PayPal and, and those services, but they're kind of the children of the big visas. So that's who's controlling everything. So all of this, like, you can't do this thing, it might be obscene, is due to the payment process. I
0: I want to add something here really quick. So one of the things that you might be thinking right now, hey, why doesn't some private individual with a lot of money decide to do their own payment processing? It's been done by multiple people multiple times. And the reason, in fact, if you went and listened to our, I don't remember which episode number, but Lance Hart. um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't really like, but if you look at the episode that we talked about him, he did something like this as well as we know a couple of other folks that did. And it was the sheer amount of chargebacks that made it so that they couldn't do it effectively. So they're like because they were people that maybe had a million dollars, but not 20 mm -hmm. million dollars.
1: One of the problems is when you are an adult platform, you need to maintain Uh, some kind of record keeping for the two, two, five, sevens. Like if you make clips on clips for sale or even you upload clips to night flirts, many vids, you have to submit your driver's license fill out a two, two, five, seven, the whole deal. Um, So they have to maintain that database. There's also a lot of inherent risk in that kind of business because they're dealing with the obscenity laws. They're dealing with potentially someone skirting around the system and uploading child porn or um, you know, Uh, sex trafficking or or that sort of thing. So if you're a creator on those platforms, like if you're a creator on Patreon, the fee they take out is like 2% or is small, two and a half, 3%, you know, under 5%. If you are a creator on an adult website, they're going to take 30, 40% of your money. And it's not just because they're like, we make all the money because we're an adult. It's because they have all these extra expenses.
0: Chargebacks, risks. Um, there, there's like a higher liability for them, so there's like there are a number of reasons why. Just it's not right. being dickish, legal, legal stuff yeah. and insurance, because uh, FDIC doesn't cover it, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: So now enter Patreon,
0: Facebook, enter Patreon.
1: Zoom. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what Twitter's deal is. They don't do as much payment processing though it's no. like Facebook or whatever. And yes, some of these companies, they're just like, we're not in the sex business. We don't care about sexual freedom. We don't care about first amendment rights when it comes to sex stuff, whatever. The payment processors don't want us to do that. We're gonna make our terms of service where you can't show your nipples. Like we're, we're not fighting that fight. We're not going to the show fucking Supreme Court, Woo! right? So um, there are some platforms though, and I see a lot of people going, they won't let me do this. And those motherfuckers, they're so prudish. Why won't they? It's just sex. There's nothing wrong with nipples. I agree with you. However, And one, one platform thing you have is Patreon, for instance. I know a lot of people that are like, Patreon's really mean to not suitable for work, uh, you know, 18 plus creators. And that's some bullshit. So I'm not going to support them. And I've worked really closely with the team at Patreon talking about NSFW stuff. They have tried and tried. They're like, "We want to support this shit, but it's like their payment processors have by vault. Like, seriously, if you're a mainstream platform, you can't get around this. So now, does that give a little bit more insight as to why Zoom suddenly is like, "Oh shit, people are having orgies on our service," which they knew. Don't tell me they didn't know. But the thing was before quarantine, yeah, there's always a percentage of people having sex on Skype and using these mainstream platforms for adult stuff, even though it's technically against the terms of service and they have to put that stuff about adult in the terms of service or they're go- they're subject to violating affinity laws. But a lot of times they look the other way. Like Zoom, I'm sure they knew it. They looked the other way. They were on nobody's radar. Nobody well, it's, really It's it, it, But now, it doesn't,
0: you know, there's no advantage to them to look for it.
1: Exactly. Until somebody complains. But now with quarantine, there's all these articles and vice and the zoom orgies, zoom orgies. Once their payment processors start going, do you realize yeah,
0: Thanks, vice yeah, <laughs> you, Thanks, medium?
1: <laughs> do you realize that like 40% of your business is coming from people doing naked stuff? And guess what? If Zoom was an adult platform, they would require two, two, five, sevens from everyone appearing naked on their platform so they could ensure that there's no child pornography going on. There's no funny stuff going on. But since this is a mainstream platform that pays the very small fees for being a mainstream platform, They have no jurisdiction over that. And if they did, they'd suddenly be an adult company.
0: Harley has a good point. It became a bigger issue due to people throwing it into regular people's chats as well. So they're violating it like it's like a business meeting and suddenly people fucking are naked people. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So this is important because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, even though technically it's against the terms of service. you know, obscenity is technically illegal. I fucking do that shit all the time. I'm not gonna tell you not to do it. Um, But this I think is important background to understand why these social media sites are not letting you do naked things. We skirt the line, like on some platforms they don't wanna deal with it at all. They're like, you're talking about sex ed, that's too close to sex that is um you know we we don't know like there's some people that go i'm doing sex ed but their sex ed is showing their tits and actually demonstrating on themselves versus maybe someone else who's a sex educator is like a therapist on a turtleneck they're just like we're not we don't have the energy to monitor the difference so we're just not going to allow it and that's one of the reasons why we like get vocal here because they they understand the value of education and before we started broadcasting here we're like we need to sit down and have a talk like of what yeah, we, we do we were very very yeah.
0: blatant and we talked to them about all the legal responsibilities and the laws and all of this stuff we actually had a nice long talk with everybody that was uh, a big wig at get vocal and they were very responsive to it but they i just we wanted them to be aware because we i don't know like it's not that we're dirty but like we definitely come with like sexual baggage Like the word sex is in the name of our podcast
1: yeah these days, life can feel a bit repetitive. No matter how much we appreciate our partners, having the same type of sex day in and day out can start to feel real boring. But good news, Satisfier makes beautifully designed pleasure products that you can use alone or with a partner. Satisfier's devices are cutting edge and delivered in beautiful high quality designs, and They're at the most affordable prices. Satisfyer goes well beyond traditional vibrators by incorporating air pulse technology. Their air pulse stimulators like the Pro 2 or the Bluetooth controlled Curvy 2 excite the clitoris into pure bliss, providing touch-free clitoral massage. The intense pressure waves encourage blood circulation and a sensation similar to the feeling of oral sex. But hey, what if you wanna spice things up with a partner? The Double Whale is a super affordable pleasure product designed especially for partnered play. This U-shaped vibe is perfect to wear during a sexy partnered encounter. It gives both G-spot and clitoral stimulation with the internal hinge adding a firm pressure with every single thrust. So this holiday season, give yourself or your loved one, or hey, both of you at the same time, the gift of satisfaction. Visit satisfier.com that's s-a-t-i-s-f-y-e-r.com to find our favorite satisfier products and okay so harley or no rachel asked um how do cam services how are they different how is it allowed first of all if you are if when you sign up to a cam site um even like uh
0: Anybody who appears on screen has to have yeah. a 2257 and they take like 50% or more yeah. of the performers. Even money.
1: tube sites. Like if you're in part of the model program and certain like, you know, Pornhub or whatever, you need to submit 2257 information and they keep that database. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing, and again, this isn't my area. I, I've i not been behind the scenes running, you know, big business in adult but nutshell from what i understand they have to pay a lot of money in legal fees payment processor fees they can't always use the same payment processors that the default world can use there are a whole separate class of payment processors that um cater to the adult industry and that's where you see those fees of 15 20 30, 30 40, 40% percent.
0: Yeah. Oh, by the way Uh, One of the things, if you're interested in the subject, pick up a copy of AVN magazine, because the ads in there are all the people that deal in the business of supplying money services to adult companies. That's like a third of the ads in AVN magazine. Or
1: even if you. Payment processors
0: of some sort or something that lets you do a thing that lets you do a thing that makes payment processing.
1: Let's say you're going to open a Spotify store and you want to sell something uh if it's an adult product suddenly they're like you can't use our regular payment processors i don't know if it's like square or you know whatever they're like you need to to get a special adult payment processor and you're in a whole different category i I will tell you something um on patreon we wanted to do a perk for y'all um oh yeah that was was butt plugs and we talked to patreon and we were like, "Is this allowed? You know like because it's kind of like you can misconstrue that as we're selling adult products. So before we move forward, we want to make sure this is allowed. And at first, Patreon was like, "I think so." And I think the person I was talking to just didn't know that much about adult because I was like, "I'm really surprised she just didn't say no from the get-go, huh. And then she came back and she was like, "Oh yeah, we can't let you do that because it's like you're selling a butt plug and you're using, patreon as a payment processor and that's considered an adult product and then we will get in trouble
0: by the way so my idea was to actually uh take the butt plug that we had that was sort of decorative and we were going to call it um a paperweight
1: yeah but we already let patreon onto the the deal so we fucked that shit up i'm gonna open up the the chats real quick um so we thought this background was really important because we're all using the internet for fucky stuff now like even the most vanilla people that maybe wouldn't have before because we're in quarantine everyone's fucking online and I'm, of course not everyone but a lot of people um so we wanted to open this up
0: hold on a second rachel okay uh she, she's a sugar baby but lost sources of income due to sip i'd be interested in hearing your thoughts Some recommendations for camming sites totally get it if you don't want to you know let's say particularly since uh, Night Flirts, OnlyFans, Avian Stars. Well,
1: you can't ChatterBait. Can't, Night Flirt is a little weird because you don't cam directly on Night Flirt. At least that I know. Unless they change their infrastructure, which I don't think they did. You have to, and this is the hokiest thing. You have to keep your phone running so oh, th- it's it's collecting, start. and then go on like Skype or something they don't have their own video platform which it's like but it's against the terms of service of skype and people are getting their stuff taken down it's really clunky um but you can do that
0: but chatterbait uh you can and that's that's a live camming service only fans you make content and then you upload it and it's the same thing with many vids clips for sale um cam soda And then Lucas, can you clarify
1: how does giveaways go along with their TOS? Do you mean like if someone's doing a giveaway on like uh, how they don't allow giveaways on Patreon? Is that what you're talking about? Clarify and I'll answer. Um, Yeah, it's uh, one of our new sponsors is mygirlfund.com. I haven't used them personally from what I've looked into them, they seem pretty decent and they support like, you know, kind of the sugaring thing um, that might be one to look into. But again, I I don't have personal experience with them. I, so, I, have, I have
0: talked to a couple of people that are sugar babies. And now that I think about it, they said that they liked the service, Okay, but they were not terribly oh. experienced with it. Like okay. it's people that have been sugar babies for under a My year.
1: My girl fund.com is the, yeah, they're one of our sponsors. And like you set your own prices and you kind of make your own thing. I again I don't know the back end of it at all. Um, so like the random sex toy giveaways that you guys had when when first beginning. And it's Patreon, so really
0: important, I want to reiterate that we don't endorse anything that we haven't fully researched. So this is not something this is a thing we know. It's not something right. that we endorse.
1: And I've heard things from other people, but right. I don't have personal experience. Um, so with the giveaways on Patreon, that's actually a whole different set of laws. Like I used to work in um uh, mainstream advertising for beer. And I know like California has really weird giveaway laws when you're doing a giveaway of anything. It doesn't, does not it doesn't, not adults or whatever. And so Patreon doesn't let you do giveaways of anything. I couldn't give away baby bottles. I couldn't give away stuffed animals or, or not give away, um, beer like a contest. Animals. I couldn't do a, a giveaway, a contest because you were using their platform for gambling. So that's that has to do with the gambling laws. Why you can't use
0: but if you, you can do that shit in vegas you can but like
1: <laughs> if you're using patreon as a platform for a raffle you are now gambling and you're subject to all of those lo- the gaming laws and mm-hmm. you can't do that so that's why Unless sure. um but we were actually going to have a level where if you were at everyone at that level got a butt plug so we weren't going to be giving them away so on patreon you'll notice i still did giveaways i just kind of called them you get random surprises in the mail on the platform. And I only, I don't even know if I use the word giveaway, like I skirted around the words and I didn't say anything about that on the platform. So that's a way you can kind of skirt around it. There are lots of ways you can skirt around. And I would love to hear from from y'all if you found ways to skirt around stuff, like with Zoom, I don't know that much about Zoom. From what I'm understanding, from what I'm hearing, It's encrypted to the point where they can't see what you're doing. Like they can't just go and I think this is what I'm hearing. I don't know if that's true.
0: So I've talked to some hacker friends.
1: Okay. I know people can hack into it. I'm talking about the people at Zoom in the control room can't be like, what's this meeting about? And pop in.
0: By the way, I I, uh, refuse to get on Zoom just because there is such major security issues with it. Uh, if you have an Apple product, they can actually hack into your phone or your laptop or your iPad and take over the camera. Yeah, it's it's a huge issue with uh, that particular. So that's yeah, that's and I won't use yeah. It for that reason,
1: I've never been a host on Zoom. I've been to other people's Zooms, like Body Storytelling Tonight is on Zoom, and I feel okay being an attendee. But I don't know if I would ever create an account and be a host on Zoom. That's just not something I'm interested in. Um, so when it comes to mainstream sites that you are using for your own adult purposes, be very, very careful that you do not attach anything to your profile that in any way, shape or form makes it seem like you're doing anything with sex. For instance, like we have a PayPal and we always say like, do not write any, anything in the comments. Um, like, if you send the PayPal, um,
0: but that's really important because I made a joke once. I got somebody's uh, PayPal suspended. You remember that?
1: Oh, yeah. You were like, thanks for last night or something. Yeah, literally. Like, it was
0: like, thanks for last night. And they they took that as payment. Like,
1: that, for sex. As I was an escort. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and so PayPal's really strict. They look at the notes. They look at those fucking notes. So um, j- it's best just not to write anything in them at all.
0: By the way, this is one of the reasons why a lot of sex workers are using Proton Mail. It's hosted in Australia and it's encrypted. And the same thing. If you guys don't know about this yet, it's a great place to look at stuff. If you like looking at adult themed things, uh, Twitter, uh, which is sex worker Twitter. It's uh, and it also it's uh, it's hosted through Mastodon, which I believe is also hosted in Australia. Um, so they have a lot better encryption and a lot better safety. Yeah. And and they're they're not bound to US laws.
1: And also, um, you know, for anyone, especially people who are sex workers, but any even people if you're doing like dirty stuff and you just don't want to take that chance. Uh encrypted messaging services like wire and signal are two really popular ones that people use as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it sucks. It's, and I'm actually surprised, though, because on Discord, as you know, our community's new. I think we're, like, what, eight days old or something. Um, I was really nervous. Like, okay, what can we say or not say? And we decided to open a dirty area, which will be open soon. But it's like that's one of the things I'm doing is I am getting, even though I don't want people's, all of their personal information off of their ID I'm going to have people do like a verification where they show their driver's license next to their face, black out everything except for the picture and the birthday. And then also have, you know, the name of the server and their name. Just if anything ever comes back, I can be like, no, 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 here, you know? It, yep, it I, I don't want to be responsible for that stuff, but I also don't want to go to jail. So, you know. <laughs> Rachel asked, um, oh, a couple comments. Mr. S said if you record in Zoom, they have access supposedly, and I did hear that. That if you do the recording, then they will have access to what you're doing. And Rachel uh, asked, "Do you know much about Indie Bill?" Um, okay. I have used Indie Bill before. I I liked Indie Bill strictly from a um, a user or a receiver of money's perspective because I want to say they only took like. T- or 15%, which is really low for the industry, but I don't know much about them as a company. And I want to say I only received maybe two payments through them. So they seem kind of cool and I've heard good things from people, but again, don't necessarily take that as an endorsement. I know Skype did like kind of a crackdown a couple of years ago, but not that much, but I'm thinking... A, just the way everything's moving with, you know, obscenity stuff and payment processors getting weirder and weirder and weirder, and then SESTA FOSTA, and then suddenly everyone using mainstream products for sex because of quarantine. I just see this getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I'm I'm hoping, hoping, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that somebody comes up with an alternate to Zoom. However, then my question, and I did see somebody uh the guy who does kink b and i i gotta find the link now yeah did like a um open source meeting software that's encrypted that you can you don't have to create an account nothing that's kind of cool and i have to i can't remember what's called i gotta find the link but i think that if anybody created a zoom alternative for adult in order for it to work they would have to keep 2257s on file for everyone appearing I, and that's not going to happen i can
0: tell you one way how that could happen ah. FetLife could do it. they had to they, they would have to in, integrate a whole streaming service into it because that's everything up there is already for people over 18. i,
1: I don't think they
0: They. I, I don't think they could knowing
1: have, how they run their back end just put it that I way don't, i don't, I, don't I, see it all, all i'm
0: saying is that a fetlife like website has the infrastructure set up to get this done in a way that yeah. other websites do not? And
1: maybe, you know, for instance, in our Discord, it's a very small, you know, but we we say everyone has to be approved. On a, on a campsite where people are uploading clips, that person keeps a 2257 for everyone. Maybe in order to create an account or use the service or in order for for the go live on camera feature to be enabled, they have to have a 2257 on file for you. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. And then there's no way for it to be like encrypted and anonymous because they have your government ID. But it would also be a way to know your thing isn't going to get shut down. I don't know if anyone has the money or patience to build something like that. But I would say in closing to wrap it up, we have no choice but to use some of these mainstream platforms. Know which platforms you can loop around on and which ones you can't like i i heard that there was some dirty stuff that happened here on get vocal and they don't allow that like they can see what you're doing you can't do that however however, on skype or for right now zoom who knows what's going to happen as long as you don't like hey everybody i'm watching porno on skype you know you just kind of do your thing quietly Hopefully you'll be okay for a while. I mean, we all need to just find our loopholes and know where we can and can't go. Uh, mainstream platforms like, you know, Periscope, Facebook, Instagram—those are a no. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Any any other any other points? It's so fucked out. It's so fucked up. We need government files so we are outed on record exactly. But no protections from being discriminated in employment for sex work. Rachel, you have such a fucking great point. It's like, okay, sure. In order to do this legally, we give you all of our fucking legal information, but now you have all of our fucking legal information and we can only do this for, you know, it it doesn't make sense. You know, I know like, for instance, most of you probably heard the business loan for COVID it excluded uh you know businesses that have to do with sex even legal ones even you know cringles. even uh, sex toy shops even you know sex coaches people who are strippers anyone who does legal sex work couldn't get a business loan which makes but they can take your taxes they can sure as shit take your fucking taxes so yeah i'm fired up and pissed and no other job options once you're outed. Yeah, I, there was just an article I posted on my Facebook page about a woman who worked at a car dealership somewhere. I can't remember where. And uh, had an OnlyFans. And her, her male co workers saw her on OnlyFans. And she got fired while they're whacking off to OnlyFans. And, yeah. and she got, you know, so yeah, it's fucked. All right, so this has been your your depressing history lesson of why we can't flash our tits right here. Mwah! Thanks everyone.